It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Wizards Podcast. It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today we have a special guest, Brad Rowland from the Locked On Atlanta Hawks podcast. How are you feeling today, Brad? Just living the dream here uh, in the offseason, of course. Thanks for yeah. having me. Anytime. So the, the Hawks made some big moves, bringing in DeJounte Murray, uh, giving up a couple first-round picks. But today we just want to talk about um, the addition, the Wizards adding DeLon Wright. Just want to get some insight from you on how he was and you know, why you guys didn't bring him back in free agency um, just to give the Wizards some insight on what kind of player he is, just a scouting report. Uh, my first question is, um, how surprised were you that they did not retain DeLon Wright in free agency? Um, not terribly surprised, only because of what you mentioned. Like, DeJounte Murray kind of changes the calculus a little bit for the Hawks. I, I personally, just to kind of not bury the lead here, I, I would have still brought him back if I was the Hawks. Mm-hmm. But – I do think there was a little bit less urgency once they got Murray, who they are going to task with being kind of the backup point guard in addition to playing with Trey Young. Um, and I think that, as we saw, DeLon was going to have a real market. Like He got a real multi-year solid money contract somewhere else. And I think if they if he had gone for less, it would have looked a little bit sillier for the Hawks to not bring him back. But the combination of the Hawks kind of trying to, trying to avoid the tax and also bringing in Murray kind of unlocked it to where I wasn't too surprised, even if I would have liked to see him back. Right. Definitely. Yeah, you got you got some firepower there with DeJounte Murray and uh, Trey Young now. But the Wizards were looking they're looking for a pass first point guard, a guy that can shoot the three better than what they had last year. The Wizards were dead last and three pointers made um, throughout the whole season. Um, talk about DeLon Wright's offensive game and uh, what, what he brings to the table. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say this. I know my listeners are probably laughing, but I, I love DeLon Wright. Uh, he's he's a guy I've always really valued. The one thing he is not necessarily is a like super traditional run your offense point guard. Like he can kind of do that. He can get you into your stuff, but he's not going to be a dynamic scorer. Like he's a pretty low usage player in a lot of ways with his current role, but he does check a lot of positive boxes. Like I think he's a very solid passer, even at point guard. He's a, uh, a very solid shooter. We've seen the last few years, like it's pretty low volume. He's not going to be a bomber for you, but I think for the last uh, three or four seasons, he's been shooting like somewhere in the 37, 38% range. Mm-hmm. And um, he has to be guarded. If nothing else, he's not going to just keep, you know, take, he's not going to take five a game, but he's been taking the two or three a game and shooting pretty well. And the big thing with, with the line is like he doesn't take anything off the table. That's my probably one of my favorite things about him, especially when we're getting into the defense, I'm sure, as well. But he's more of a caretaker on offense. He can get to the rim. He can finish um, at the rim. He's not going to, like, blow you away offensively, but he definitely does not, like, hold you back a ton. It's, he's probably best suited to play with somebody else that can kind of create, a la Bradley Beal, of course, um, in Washington. Um, what you don't want to have is DeLon be, like, your only creator. But I think that as a secondary guy, as someone who kind of run your offense, he does a lot of those little things very well. Mm-hmm. And how is his playmaking ability? How do you see him fitting next to uh, Bradley Bill? I think uh, it's a good fit for him. 
all, all things considered. I think that um, he did a lot of his best work in Atlanta, actually next to Trey Young, uh, because Delon has really good size. He can play, you know, not, not necessarily the two, but he is kind of he's he's uh, capable of playing off the ball a little bit. Like obviously, you're going to want Bradley Bill to have the ball in his hands a decent amount, being that he's a high usage kind of star level player, not quite the same level as Trey as, as far as on the ball is concerned. But Delon is comfortable on the ball and off the ball, which kind of gives him a lot of flexibility. And I think he is best paired, honestly, with a another guard, whether it be a more of a point guard style guy or like a, or like a Beal who can do a little bit more of the usage stuff. Um, if you're pairing him with someone in the backcourt that's not going to be a high usage guy, you might have some creation trouble because he's not exactly the most uh, sort of ball dominant guy. But going back to like Dallas, uh, Memphis, even, even Toronto early in his career, he can do a little bit more offensively if you ask him to. So I think they're going to fit pretty well together. You're definitely going to want to sort of keep the ball in Beal's hands as much as uh, he wants probably in the way that the Wizards mm. probably are going to be doing. But I think DeLon being the fact that he does not have to have the ball to be successful, he's a good cutter, but also can create a little bit on the ball, can run pick and roll for you, can distribute for you, and that kind of be that lower usage but still pretty solid point guard option. Definitely. Yeah. So he, yeah, he'll be playing with uh, Chris Hesperzingas. Most likely he'll be coming off the bench behind Monte Morris, but he'll be playing with some lob threats. Um, I know you guys had Clint Capella and John Collins, two lob threats there, um, and also on Yeke. Uh, but looking at DeLon's minutes, he had the least amount of minutes since uh, since his career, since 2017. Um, why was it tough for him to get on the court as much? And he also said, he was quoted to say that, you know, he feels like he wasn't used to the, I'm paraphrasing, but he in a recent interview he did, he felt that he wasn't um, used to the best of his abilities in Atlanta. Um, why do you feel that he didn't get the amount of minutes that he that he did not get since 2017? Yeah, first of all, I agree with him. I think he should have played more and was kind of <laughs> calling for that during the season. Uh, they were in this weird spot where they brought Lou Williams back, and I, I love mm -hmm. Lou. I've, I've actually I'm the same age as Lou and played against Lou and middle school and known him for a long time. But uh, the line was a lot better than Lou, but they, they brought Lou back um, as a veteran. He, he commands respect. And I think that Nate McMillan kind of leaned on him a little bit too much in that backup point guard role. They played the line a little bit off the ball. Eventually by the end of the season and, and into the playoffs, they kind of got, they, they kind of sort of excised Lou from the rotation and allowed Delon to play more. We saw in the playoffs, actually, he was one of their best players in the playoffs. He was one of the only guys that played well in that playoff mm -hmm. series. But I think that really is as simple as they played too, they played Lou too much and they had another another you know prominent veteran backup. Plus, you know, having Trey Young in your roster, Trey's going to play. How much is going to play? That's very clear. Whereas um, they kind of had these two point guard options that were very different players behind Trey, and sometimes they've leaned on Lou too much. And while DeLon can play off the ball, um, having him play very little point guard for most of the season kind of capped his minutes. And I think he would he would have been better suited playing playing more honestly than Lou did. Definitely, yeah. And I, I think he, you know, I know he is somewhat of a combo guard, but I think he will be good coming off the bench for the Wizards. Uh, I like how you brought up the playoffs, how he played well against the Miami Heat. I know he had one of the highest uh, plus minuses in that series uh, for the Hawks, so that, that bodes well for DeLon Wright. But I do want to get to um, talking about him defensively. The Wizards were 20, ranked 25th in defensive efficiency. I do want to talk about how he could help them possibly. But before we get to the defensive side of DeLon Wright, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up 
with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Which NFL NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, so let's get to the defensive side of the ball. You know, as they say, defense wins championships. Um, it's kind of debatable now in today's NBA, but um, how is DeLon Wright defensively? Is he able to guard one through three? Um, and where where did he rank as, as a defensive guard on the Hawks last year? Yeah, I think that DeLon is a very good defender. That's the broad strokes of it. He was uh, arguably their best perimeter defender on the whole last year. DeAndre Hunter was the other option on that level for the Hawks, but uh, I do think that DeLon can guard one through three. He doesn't have the greatest size to be guard to be guarding, you know, the biggest threes in the world, but he's a legitimate 6'5". Like, he's a very, um, very good size for a point guard in, in particular, and he's very versatile. He's very strong. He's a really um, sort of instinctive defender as well. Um, he was the one guy on the roster that can go sort of create steals and create deflections. Um, and what I like to say with DeLon always is like, he just knows what to do. Like he, he's someone who does the little things very well. He's always in the right spot. And when you combine that with his playmaking ability defensively and his size, like, I think he's not like an Uber elite defender. He's not changing your life like Gary Payton would, but I think that he is, uh, certainly a soundly above average defender. And I think that that's one of his calling cards is that he can play with almost anybody in the backcourt because he can guard multiple positions. Definitely. The Wizards need that. They need some versatility and length on from their backcourt. Last year, you know, they had Neto, who's about six feet tall, Ish Smith, who's about five nine. Delon Wright is about what six three, six four. So he definitely brings some defensive versatility there. They probably will need him to, you know, guard some twos and threes with Bradley Bill being on the court, helping him out defensively. So that's good to know. I know per thirty six, he averaged about two point one steals per game and a couple of deflections as well. So Delon Wright really is a guy that can be a pest and get into the passing lanes as well um nate mcmillan did give him a, a boat of confidence as well saying that he did he could see um delon wright possibly making an all defensive team do you see that in in the near future for delon wright probably not just because he's not going to play enough you know it's one of those things right. where like if, if you just decided to play delon wright 33 minutes a game and like he was the guy playing he would be maybe on the fringe of that level like i, I think he really is very 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 good defensively but mm -hmm. unless you are like super super outlier productive in the in the role that he would have it'd be really hard to do that but nate that's not surprised that nate said that he's just one of those guys that's gonna say that. i think he really valued delon's defense i think if you go through his through his career i was i was trying to catch up before he came to atlanta going back and reading old quotes and other, from other, other coaches that have had him, everybody loves his defense. And it's very easy to see why that is. Like he's just, again, always in the right place. And that's the big thing that coaches love. It's just guys who won't screw up and guys, he, he doesn't, he never screws up and he makes any, any, any makes plays and he has the size. So like probably not all defense level, but he is very good. Mm -hmm. All right. And then more offensive about DeLon, how is his shot creation? Yeah, that's probably the biggest drawback, honestly, of DeLon's game on offense. Not that he can't do it, but especially last year, part of that was role-based when he was playing some with Trey. Like, I think he, he had a career-low usage rate last year. He's not – the one probably issue that you would say that might have cost him playing time in Atlanta and other spots previously, especially if he's playing a lot of point guard, is that he's not the most aggressive creator in terms of mm -hmm. like looking for his own shot. He goes through these spells where he's he'll pass up some good looks. He'll not necessarily – 
go out of his way to create for his own. And while that's probably a good trait to have in a point guard, a lot of the way, especially a guy like the who's not going to be a primary scorer for you. He does have a little bit of some passive issues. Like he doesn't always be, he's not, he's not always as aggressive as you want him to be. So if there's one thing that you would say that maybe coaches don't love about the lawn is that he's not going to um, always have that aggressive hat on. He will pass up some stuff. It will kind of frustrate you. He might give up um, an open three every once in a while. He might not look to uh, take an open layup every once in a while. If he's going to be driving to a spot where um, he gets maybe sort of having that hat on where he's looking to pass. So I think that if you're trying to find the one thing that he's not great at, it probably is just individual shot creation. He can make shots if he takes them, but he's not always the most aggressive guy. Right. Yeah, it's so it's so funny because when he played with the Raptors, he killed the Wizards in a, in a playoff series where he was super, super aggressive. Um, but playing with Chris House, Porzingis, and Bradley Bill, I know the offense is going to be running through those guys. So how how was DeLon doing the pick and roll with the guys like John Collins and Clint Capella? How did that chemistry go and how did that, how did that mesh? Yeah, pretty well. I think that he, again, it's not like he's not a uber elite creator with pick and roll, but he knows how to run one. He's certainly comfortable operating as the on-ball guy dating back to college and early in his career with Toronto, et cetera. He used to be much more of an on-ball player than he has been recently. And that part of that's just role-based. Like if he's playing with uh, another point guard, like if you throw out there with Monty Morris, you're not going to have DeLon run all of your pick and rolls. But if he's the primary guy out there to run pick and roll, he can certainly do that. He has good chemistry with Collins, with Capella, with a Kongwu. And also he's willing uh, more than a lot of guys are that play point guard to get off the ball and cut. That's something I really like that I've not said so far is that he's a really instinctual, like, you know, sort of create space for others by cutting and kind of being in the right spot off the ball as well. So the chemistry stuff as a pick and roll player, he's not going to be again, like the scoring pick and roll player, but he's certainly someone who's capable of diving guys up, finding lobs, finding those, uh, those pocket passes, that kind of stuff. He's very comfortable in that role. Mm. And uh, how good was he in transition? Uh, he's pretty good. I think that he's, uh, I'm probably repeating myself a little bit. He's, he's probably better as the number two guy in transition. Like he's not mm-hmm. going to be necessarily the most aggressive grab and go guy, but he can, he can do that. And I think, um, one of the big things in Atlanta is that once he was the only guard on the floor, sometimes like in the playoffs, um, he knows what he has to do if he's in that role. Like if he's playing with Trey Young, if he's playing with Bradley Beal, maybe in Washington, sometimes he may not have that aggressive thing sort of turned on in his brain, but when he knows that he has to create, he's a little bit better at doing so. He's more aggressive when he knows he has to do that. And I think that also applies to transition where he will run the floor big time as a, uh, as a guy who fills lanes very well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if he needs to, we've seen him do it enough where he, he can grab and go and push the pace. He's not necessarily the guy that I would think of first as a guy who like, obviously excels and pushes and pushing the pace. He's more of a little bit of a slower point guard in terms of like his overall um, mindset, but he definitely can get it downhill when he wants to. Definitely. And uh, lastly, where did you see his fit with the uh, Hawks and how was he chemistry? How was his chemistry? And did you get any vibes or sense of him as, as a player and as a person? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, to a man, everybody everybody seems to love the lawn. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we're on the outside looking in, but I covered that team very closely this year. And, uh, and between my interactions with him and between everybody that I asked about him organizationally, he's a guy that everybody seems to like quite a bit. Um, even when he, as he sort of alluded to what you said before, had, had kind of a smaller role that he didn't necessarily love, he did not let that affect the way he was preparing and did not become a problem in the locker room, even when he wasn't playing. Um, even when people like me on the outside were like, why is he not playing? more he's not going to cause a ruckus so like obviously he's he's the backup in washington presumably behind monty morris he's comfortable with that role i think he knows what he is he's a professional in a lot of different ways and i think that um basically i've never heard a bad word about the lawn right which is the number one takeaway for me like in addition to like the way he plays which is a very team style that just checks a lot of boxes he's also someone that just wants to win and wants to play well and he clearly wants to play and i think he should that's probably one of the reasons why he didn't come back to atlanta but i do think that he's going to have a solid role in washington and i think he'll embrace it Definitely. Yeah, the Wizards are looking for high-character guys. Tommy Shepard, the GM, has said that numerous times now. Um, about the DeJounte Murray trade for you guys, how did you feel about that trade, and uh, where do you feel like you guys will finish in the East or your ceiling, and how do you feel about the uh, Washington Wizards' outlook in the Eastern Conference as well? Yeah, I think that the Murray trade was a big splash move for the Hawks. It makes them better. I've said before on my show, like this is the best roster the Hawks have had in terms of talent in the Trey and the Trey Young, Travis Link era, which may sound crazy because they made the conference finals, but this this roster at the moment is more talented than that roster was. Does that mean it's that's going to be the same result? Maybe not, and I wouldn't pick that necessarily, but Murray is the best player that Trey Young's played with. So they paid a lot for him, for sure. Like, they did not get a bargain on that deal whatsoever. They gave up kind of a market value price, but he did he did exactly what they, what they wanted in, ter- in terms of what they were looking for. They talked about guys who wanted to uh, sort of be number two cre- creation options, also be able to defend at the point of attack. And especially with the lawn leaving, they had to get somebody that could guard at the point of attack the way that Murray can. Um, so I like that move a lot for the Hawks. It makes them better. I think that we've seen this already with our friends at Bell Online. They, they're kind of in that like five, six range in the East in terms of what, what what's going to be projected for them. I kind of agree with that. It's hard to have them ahead of teams like Milwaukee or Boston or Miami or whoever, Philadelphia even. But somewhere in the middle of the East playoff race is kind of where I would have the Hawks. And, you know, the Wizards are trying to get to that same spot too i mean i think that they um kind of under the radar i'm sure you talked about this a lot on your show but like they were better than people thought they were last year especially when you factor in like beal being out as long as he was and chris Stapp's coming mid-season and all that stuff like the fact that they were able to win you know in the mid-30s with all those challenges that's a team that can be fairly dangerous in terms of like play in plus um kind of range this year so i don't know how you feel about the wizards but uh, i think the wizards can be pretty competitive <laughs> yeah I, I think the hawks will be around that that five four six range as well the wizards um, it's just about health. Uh, Chris Apps, of course, you know, he's a huge question mark with, with health, staying healthy. Bradley Bill's got to play up the expectations. So it, it really goes from there. They made some moves. I definitely wanted them to be a little more aggressive and take a swing for a guy like a DeJounte Murray, but you guys took advantage of that. And um, I think, you know, I think the Wizards will be a solid team, but they're in that playing range, seventh, sixth seed. It's just the top half of the East is very competitive with Giannis and the Sixers and the Miami Heat. So the, it's not the East of the old. The East is definitely getting better and it's super, super competitive. So um, it will be fun to see the Wizards play against the Hawks. For sure. I will look forward to that matchup. And I think uh, having DeLon back around, so I'm sure he'll get, he'll get his tribute video when he comes back to Atlanta, as he should. He, right. earned, he earned it. He's the guy that everybody loves. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brad, I just want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything you, you want to promote? Just Locked on Hawks, same uh, same place you can find Locked on Wizards. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. And uh, we're always here. As as you well know, we're still rolling multiple days a week, even in the offseason. So we're having fun. Yep. Just want to thank you guys for listening and making Locked on Wizards your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked on NBA. 
Locked on NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. To the Wizards, peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.